I know that we've talked about this in the past, but I would like a refresher. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? The ability to answer this question. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everybody, and welcome to Gear Related. I can't look at you. (laughs) A peek under the hood of the automotive repair industry. We are your hosts. Smarmy Ben and adorable Heather. (laughs) I love when you have your like game show host voice. (laughs) If I wish you guys could see him because his little eyebrow does this thing, like it like wiggles. I don't know. It's it's lost in podcast format, but it's welcome everybody. You are the next audience gear related. Uh, All three of you. There's at least seven. Until Ohio comes on board, then we got like 150,000. Yes. Thank God for Ohio. <laughs> Seriously. So, what are we going to be talking about today? So, I've been doing a lot of thinking about efficiency. I have not. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I know this um, in our household chores. But, you know, I was thinking about, you know, where everybody's kind of about, you know, green living, recycle, reduce, whatever, <laughs> repair, Re- reconnoiter, what? Recycle, reduce, reuse. There was a song? Yeah, there was a song. I think it had to be from the 90s. Love the 90s. They're the best Z's of all time. I'm pretty sure it came in like after the episode of uh, Teenage, Mutant, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Here's in half shell. So... I want, I was thinking more along the lines of like, what can I do just sort of on my daily use of my vehicle to be a little bit less, you know, mean to the environment and how can I drive more efficiently? How can I decrease my carbon, my car's carbon footprint, so to speak? Carbon footprint. Carbon Very nicely done. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And you know, also save a little bit of money because waste sucks, Right. And gas prices are getting pretty high, too. They are getting so high. So I got a lot of my information for this lecture today. Oh, it's a lecture? (laughs) Just kidding. From the EESI, which is the Environmental and Energy Study Institute. They are very fancy. Their website's pretty cool. Uh, AAA Automotive. And then the U.S. Department of Energy, their offices of renewable energy and energy efficiency and you can find them at fueleconomy.gov and i will talk more about that website because it's awesome but when you're talking about a car engine and you want to say how can i make my engine more efficient he's got a face when you're talking as if i stop talking about them yeah he never stops talking ever so we want to measure how much of you know, the energy in the gasoline is actually converted into what moves that car down the road, right? Right. But even if you're like regularly maintaining your vehicle, like we always say, you've read your, you know, your manual, your car manual. <laughs> now I can't even think of that word. Like you're, you're getting your tune-ups, you're doing your oil changes, the gasoline engines that we're driving around today are still only like 30 to 35% efficient. Isn't which that nuts? Is really horrible. So that means like 65 cents of every dollar that we spend on gasoline is just like wasted. Oh, wow. Ouch, right? So 
everybody's freaking out about this. So automakers are trying to figure it out. So uh, there's this beautiful little graphic. So if you've got your 100% of fuel energy, so you've put the fuel in the gas tank, we have it. Mm -hmm. We get 30%, right, that goes to your power. 5% we lose with friction and parasitic losses. I just like thought about like a parasite bug eating it, but really other things I think siphon it off. Um, 30% of it goes away to coolant heat because what sits in your gas tank, the fuel injector and the, <laughs> and the fuel is the fuel pump, fuel pump. And that's what cools it down is the fuel, right? Exactly. I listen to you. Um, and then 35% is exhaust heat, which is also very bad for the environment. So this is what we're dealing with. So a lot of automakers are really investing a ton of time and money into trying to increase the efficiency, try to meet those EPA fuel economy standards, and then obviously reduce exhaust emissions. Try to bump up that 35% number. That's ridiculous. I know. So some of the things that they've been doing is um, talking about like a continuously variable transmission. So... There's a bunch of different gear ratios and, the, you know, there's different pulleys and there's a million different uh, yeah. gear ratios. Yeah. And so this limits the revolutions per minute at any given speed. And that reduces your fuel consumption. Oh, okay. That's good. I'm teaching things. Cylinder de deactivation, right? Yep. So you have, um, when you're on cruise control, some of your, or not cruise control, but if you're cruising at a, at a consistent speed for a while, yeah, like highway you, speeds and things like that. Essentially, it occurs when you don't need... Um, to speed up, the, slow down. Right, yeah. right. So some of these, they deactivate and yep. then only come back if you have to accelerate um, more. So I guess it's engines with six or more of these cylinders, and there's not really a noticeable drop in your performance well, yeah, with you, that. Because you, you're, not, you're not actively... Um, requiring all that power. So you don't even know that it is half of it's gone. Right. And then we've got direct fuel injection, right? So Ugh. it's, it's injected directly into the cylinder barrel. So there's more efficient combustion than when you have to mix that fuel and air outside of the cylinder. Why did you go? Ugh? Cause they're GDI engines. I don't uh, know what GDI uh, great darn institutes. <laughs> we went, we, we talked about GDI, uh, engines at length in, uh, I think it's episode 14, the great oil consumption oh, conspiracy. Yes. Go check that out for more info on GDI engines, but you're right. They are, um, they are more economical when it comes to, um, energy. I just, I just don't like them because they're, they, they have some other issues, but <laughs> sorry, that's this just a personal does thing. Does not want to expound upon that. That's fine. How about the integrated starter generator? So I've seen this. My car does not do this, but you're at a stoplight and your car just turns off. Yeah, the start-stop function. Yeah, start-stop. Yeah, you just, cool. come, you just come to a stop sign, all of a sudden your car shuts off and you're like, oh crap, my car just died. But then if you hit the gas, so, yes, it comes back you, on. As soon as you let off your foot off the brake, engine fires right back up. So that you're not idling, because idling is bad. Idling is waste. It's terribly you, wasteful. It's, yeah, you're, you're basically using your engine when you don't need to. So then you have your turbochargers and your superchargers. So they have these different fans, and these are powered just by the engine exhaust um, and the engine. These force this compressed air into the cylinders, which allows more fuel to be burned per piston stroke. So we've got more power, 
using less fuel. Anytime you want to tell me that I could be more environmentally conscious by using a turbocharger or a supercharger, I am on board. (laughs) Uh, Variable valve timing and lift. So I have no idea how this works, but apparently valves control the flow of fuel and air into and the flow of exhaust out of this engine, right? So uh, this technique of this valve timing and lift just allows the um, distance that the valves travel. I did not know the valves travel, but it just kind of helps that change with the speed. Yeah. So your valve travels up and down, um, like an open, think of it as like an open closed kind Mm, of uh, movement. That makes sense. It opens to allow the fuel go in. Um, so if you change when that valve opens in relationship to when the piston is up, you can actually get better fuel economy in certain situations. So they actually change when the valve opens under different circumstances, and that's where you get variable valve timing. This is all very clever stuff, and that's all the stuff that's deep in the engine. And then you just start to think about like the no-brainer stuff, right? Let's use lighter materials. So if carbon fiber, lighter mm-hmm. metals, if that Aluminum reduces, as opposed to cast iron. Yeah, yep. if that reduces the vehicle weight, that's going to increase the engine efficiency, and you know we got to maintain the durability and strength of what we've got going on. And but. it decreases the necessary energy you need to use to give like a heavier vehicle moving. Right. You know, Sorry, just, 1971 Grand Fury. <laughs> well, I was just thinking about you know many many moons ago. Um, one of my friends drove a Saturn and this was like late nineties. Oh yeah. Where all the body panels were plastic. Everything was plastic. And you didn't, I remember he got into a little, I think he opened his door or something into something. It cracked the plastic and we were all just standing there shocked (laughs) that this was a plastic, but maybe that was part of this trying to make things a little bit lighter. Not, not more durable. I'm going to tell you that. Well, you know, those Saturns were, those, those cars were great. They got good gas mileage. See, because it was plastic. And all the plastic panels were interchangeable too, in the sense that say if you got hit in the door uh-huh. and it broke your plastic, you didn't have to replace the whole door. You could just take that panel off. Right. Put on a new one. And it's plastic. So it's cheap, hopefully not great for the oceans though. So is that really helpful? Yeah, we're, we're starting to talk more about that, mm-hmm. aren't we? Oh, plastic's our friend. No! <laughs> so, wow, that sounded evil laugh. Evil, evil. Another, another kind of no-brainer is the ride height, right? So if your vehicle is lower to the ground. Ah, aerodynamics. Yeah, we get more aerodynamic, less drag. More, um, more hits to the curb. <laughs> well, this is true. But, uh, ooh, nobody likes that. We no. are crossover SUV-loving country. Yep. I'm yep. going to move on because I really like this one. Vortex generators. That just sounds cool. Yeah. Not it's, like the polar vortex though, right? It's like, oh, no. <laughs> nope. These are small delta-shaped roof-mounted devices. They're just in front of the rear of the window. And I actually, I think I have one on my car because I was brushing it off from the seven tons of snow that fell the other day. And it has like this little thing and in the back window and it reduces drag. So it's, it causes that air to kind of flow along the rear windshield and trunk lid instead of above them. See? And then properly sized, shaped, and positioned spoilers can reduce drag too, not just for coolness. <laughs> and they, they generally have to be positioned 
kind of close to the trunk, not those ones that like stick up three feet. Right, right. <laughs> With like bat wings yeah, on those, the side of them. Those aren't doing nothing. <laughs> They're not doing anything. Um, then you can also have, you know, different wheels. So thinner and smaller wheels, um, low rolling resistance tires. Yeah. A lot of the hybrid cars, uh, um, require these. Well, I guess they don't require them, but they tell you to lose rolling, res- uh, low rolling resistance tires because it improves gas mileage. I, yeah. I, I, I at, it reduces at first road blush, it's like, it's like how is this how is this possible? But I know many Prius owners that have put tires on their car that weren't um, low rolling resistance. They lost like two to three miles per gallon oh. in uh, in fuel economy. It was it was noticeable. Yeah, I guess it reduces the road friction and air drag. And they also want fully closed concave rims because they're more aerodynamic than the open ones with all the little fancy wheelie gidget gizmo things gidgets Gidgets. (laughs) so um if you go to fueleconomy.gov it's a cool website there's a ton of information but one of the things that you can do is you can go down and they have some their like top picks so it will show you the most efficient car so you can look like two-seater subcompact compact cars midsize large and you can see which ones are the most efficient and make your choice from there. Um, trucks are on there as well. And then the other thing that you can do is you can compare them side by side. So you can put your Toyota Camry, your Honda Accord, you know, your plastic Saturn all together <laughs> and see which one kind of works out the best, which I thought which, was which a really cool the feature. Greenest? The greenest. So this is all things that like car companies are doing, right? Well, if you already have your car, you can't buy a new one. Um, what can you do just on your daily stuff? Put so a, put a turbo on it. Put it <laughs> supercharger. <laughs> so I mean, just little things like don't stomp down on the gas Wait, when what? you're trying to get like on an exit. Gradually, moderately accelerate. Like as soon as you get on the exit ramp, start to bring it up. Don't wait. Like, oh my gosh, so many people do this. They wait until they're already ready to merge. I just love that you're telling people to drive moderately. <laughs> hey, I've been very good. Um, early upshifts. Oh yeah. So that's for manual transmissions. For you, you uh, drivers out there who have the fun cars, um, manual transmissions. Mm-hmm. If you shift earlier as opposed to waiting until your engine rpms get higher you can save fuel economy oh that makes sense okay staying within your speed limit again laughable wait a second Uh coasting down to stop traffic so instead of you know breaking like a gangster i don't even know is that what the mafia does (laughs) they break really fast that's what they're known for um timing your traffic lights that's difficult in some it places. It is difficult. But. Ridge Road is not, it's hard. And then driving ahead to eliminate unnecessary braking and acceleration. I wasn't really sure what that was. So what I kind of. Uh, driving ahead. I'm not sure what that is. So I was wondering if you did. <laughs> it might be in here later. That deserves a quick Google search. Give it a Google. That you definitely want to properly maintain your vehicle. So keep car's oil filled at the proper level. Read your dang owner's manual. Yeah, I, I can't stress how important um, regular maintenance is with all of these systems, specifically like variable valve timing. Your engine oil does more than it ever used to. Uh, right. And if you're not keeping up to date with that, the maintenance on your car, you can really wreak some havoc. 
So, you know, keep the your... The more you know. The more you know. Uh, engine tuning, make sure your tires are properly inflated. Mm-hmm, that's a big one. Um, take the stuff off of your car. Get the cargo racks off if you're not using <laughs> them. Make sure you're um, like smoothly accelerating. Like, don't stomp on things. I think we kind of talked about this. Are you going um, kayaking? <laughs> no, why do you ask? Because you got kayaks on top of your car. Thank you, Earl. Next, the largest potential contribution to fuel efficiency is idling. And we already talked about that. Yeah. You know, we have we have addressed that. But I think that this is really interesting. So obviously, idling for long periods of time wastes fuel. And it poses a health risk because those emissions are just cranking out. So I was thinking about school buses, right? They spend a lot of time, especially while they're waiting for the kids to load in and load out. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of, that's a lot of stopping. And, and, well, right. Like you're at the school waiting for all of them to come in. And then every single time that they stop. Yeah. So apparently it burns like if you're idling, it, a diesel bus engine burns about a half a gallon of fuel per hour. Wow. That's a, you know, decent amount. I would say my so computer just you, shut you, off. You heard it first here. Kids drop out of school. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Not the message. Oh, Not okay. the message. Sorry. Sorry. Um, so yeah. So then I was thinking about, well, what does winter do to us? Cause here we are in the throes of snow and, yeah, temperature so cold. temperature differences will affect um, how much fuel you use. The, the colder it is, the more fuel you'll need. Yeah, so uh, it says that they did some tests in city driving. So your typical stopping and going, street lights, you know, things like that, or stoplights. You should not stop at a street light unless you need to look at something. <laughs> or, or the street light is red? No. No, a stoplight. Stoplight. Oh, I see where you're going. Okay. (laughs) So, a a conventional car's gas mileage is roughly 50% lower at 20 degrees Fahrenheit than it is at 77. That's crazy. So, just temperature. Um, And the effect on hybrids is typically greater. So, it can drop 30 to 34% under winter conditions. Yeah, batteries don't like the cold. They really don't. Mm -mm. And two thirds of that extra energy is used to heat the cabin. Well, yeah. Because we got to stay warm. Heck yeah. So obviously engine and transmission friction increases um, because the engine's, the engine oil is cold. We got to warm it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it takes longer for the engine to get to its, you know, uh, most fuel operating, efficient temperature. Operating temperature, yep. And so shorter trips, like you're just driving down to Wegmans or Tops for a second, that's going to be a problem because your engine's never going to really warm all the way up. Or Albertsons for our West Coast listeners. Yes, Albertsons. Or Whole Foods for our... (laughs) Trader Joe's. (laughs) So heated seats, window defrosters, heater fans, these all use additional power, which is like, duh. People who warm up their car before they start going so that's, that lowers it because idling. you get zero miles per gallon yep. and i didn't know this physics colder air is denser so the drag on your car is actually uh more increased oh especially at, at highway speeds i didn't know that me neither can't warm up the air though no. <laughs> there's just nothing you can do but you could take your kayaks off your car somebody bring back the sun <laughs> bring back the sun <laughs> and then your tire pressure decreases. And I think we talked about this a little bit about, you know, where your tire pressure should be when it's summer versus winter. Yeah. I forget what the, uh, the metric is, but it's like, it's like your, your tire pressure drops one PSI per every 
degrees lower in temperature. Right. Here's a question for you, because I did not know this. So this is saying, you know, winter grades of gasoline can have a slightly less energy per gallon than summer grades. Are there really different grades? Well, there's different octanes, but I mean, you're not going to put, there's, there's no winter gasoline and summer gasoline. Okay. I was wondering about that. It's not like summer gasoline has like patchouli in it to make it <laughs> better. I don't know. No, but you know, what's funny is if, um, you used to use a different weight oil, uh, in oh, your car, true. depending on what time of year, like you, you'd have your winter oil change and your summer oil change and you'd, you'd have a different oil. Um, you'd use a different weight of oil. Now it's, now it's more better oil. It's pretty much standard. You use the same weight of oil and it's getting lower and lower. Gosh, you, you're putting zero W 16 in your car. I'm not doing any of that. You're (laughs) doing it. Um, battery performance decreases. So it makes that harder for the alternator to keep the battery charged, which is why it makes so much sense that your battery dies in the winter. Like I feel like every time my battery has died, I'm like, it's so cold and I'm sitting out here waiting for somebody that makes sense. And this is like way worse for regenerative braking systems on the hybrids, plug-in hybrids, and these electric vehicles. Bummer. And then if you have severe weather, obviously really icy or snow-covered roads, that makes that tire, your tire just sucks. Well, you have to turn (laughs) your wipers on, which is more energy. Yeah. And your safe driving speeds are much, much lower. So you're not getting up to that good moderate pace that keeps your efficiency at its highest because it's, you're going to slip off the road. Well, and what do you do when you, um, in the wintertime, you put snow tires on, which are generally not low rolling resistance. Right. And then you're, uh, some people are putting their car in four wheel drive. Heck yeah. That's making more fuel use. So, Not that you can do anything about that, though. No, you can't do anything I, I, you, about you that. You don't want to drive two-wheel drive. I wouldn't recommend no, no, it. No, 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 no. you got to be way, safe, but... and that's, that's worth a couple of cents. But some things that you can do is you can park your car in a warmer place. So like your garage, if you can. Unless and that it's way a it's Chevy less... Bolt. Keep it away from structures. Keep it away. <laughs> keep it up on the hill. Um, and that just, it, you know, it helps keep the initial temperature of everything um, a little bit higher. Try to combine your trips. So don't go to Albertsons and then come home and then go to Trader Joe's. Just go all in one trip. Go to the library, get it all together. Are you you speaking like common sense stuff now? This is what, yes, this is what we're talking about, common sense. Um, Try not to idle your car. They recommend like 30 seconds and then slowly accelerating. And and for your old schoolers out there, I I know we've talked about this before, but letting your car idle in the wintertime does no benefits yeah, and it will actually warm up faster if it's driving. That's the fastest way to warm up a car. Start driving it. And this is, I'm, I'm oh, a bad. You know, you know oh. though, that just, that just brings up the point that um, how terrible remote starts are. That's true. But I'm telling you what, I'm going to pay an extra whatever it is <laughs> so that when I'm getting in my car at 930 at night, it's after I work 12 hours. Yeah. I'm just saying. Um. Don't use your seat heaters or your defrosters more than necessary. Oh, I'm so bad. I turn on. it on and I never turn it off for the whole ride. You're killing me, small. So bad. But use it, defrost the ice, and then turn it off. But I don't think about that. I'm too busy listening to Indigo Girls. Well, and that's why a lot, know, of them, Indigo Girls. A lot of the uh, the rear defrost systems, that's why they're all timed. Is oh. you, you, you turn them on, they're, they will only stay on for a set amount of time and then that's they will really shut smart. themselves off. That's really smart. Mm-hmm. So normal stuff, check your tire pressure, look at your owner's manual, see what kind of oil is recommended. 
get off your roof racks, um, preheating <laughs> the cabin while plugged into the charger. If you have a plug-in hybrid or EV that can increase your vehicle's range, which is cool. Oh, okay. Using the seat warmers in an electric vehicle or plug-in hybrid instead of the cabin heater can save your energy as well. How about that? Yeah. So we did an episode, episode number 40. Oh, that's a bad habit. There's just some other like bad habits that we do when driving that can save you some money. We're all about saving you money. So we're here for you. Right. So going down <laughs> this lovely rabbit hole of, of car efficiency and engine efficiency, fuel economy, all of that, I, I came across something called hyper miling. Okay, Have you this, heard of this? This sounds cool. And there's a really cool, I mean, there's a, there's a couple articles, but the, the funny one that I looked at was on the Jalopnik website and it's, um, was written by Jason Torchensky and he got some, I think he was kind of inspired by a wall street journal article about electric vehicles. So this is really electric vehicles is this big thing. So hypermiling is the practice of trying to drive your car with the most maximum absolute efficiency possible. So you're going to get every bit of travel time from whatever, you know, the amount of combustible fuel or battery okay. power you have. I see where you're going with this. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's... If people are doing things like definitely how they drive, which is more the hypermiling. But this is why you've seen like there's some crazy. I saw this car. I think it was over the summer. It was like a Geo Metro, you know, this little tiny thing, and it was like a long teardrop tail off the back of it, and that's to make it like really aerodynamic <laughs> <laughs> um, or really dramatically like narrowed body types on these cars. The Prius is a is a is one that is a habitual offender on those bodywork things too. Well, can you imagine like driving behind somebody that's doing this too? Because I like if you're if you're at a stoplight and the light turns green, you're going to take your foot off the brake and you're not going to step on the gas. You're going to let the car slowly build mm -hmm. momentum so that you don't and then you're get those RPMs barely, too, too yep, high. You're going to barely and and that's if you stopped at that stoplight because you want to coast and time those stoplights oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so that, as so much that as you're possible. you're never stopping. So what do you think surrounds all of this? Road rage, <laughs> right? Everybody around you is just really mad at you. Um, so basically you want to drive at the moderate speeds, avoid coming to a complete stop. So I'm just thinking about being on 590 where it's like basically bumper to bumper and you're just inching along sometimes during rush hour. Ugh. These people will like just go so slow. <laughs> and the, the um, Jason who wrote this article, Torchinsky, he this is a quote because I really like it. He says, "I say all of this." So he's telling everything about it. Um, you know, we're all for really we are all for being efficient as efficient as possible. But please don't be a jerk to everybody around you. <laughs> and so he says, "I say this is all." I say all this as someone who's actually been such a oh, jackass. You see, I absolutely hate the sort of driving associated with hypermiling, but I'm tragically 
very good at it. That made me laugh really hard. <laughs> so he's got a driving partner, Neil Polak. He wants squeeze. Wait, he has a driving partner? Because they're very fancy. Why don't I have a driving partner? It's me. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're not very good. <laughs> so they want squeezed 830 miles from a diesel Audi's 13-gallon fuel tank. Wow, that's impressive. And they went. They won Audi's hypermiling challenge. And that was on public roads. And the way he says, the way I had to drive to pull that off caused a cop to drive behind me and bark, you have to go faster than that on his loudspeaker. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess what I'm trying to say is efficiency is good. Really pissing off everybody driving around you is not a good look. There was an episode of Top Gear where uh, the three hosts of the show were each given a different car, and then they were given a destination, the one stipulation being they cannot refuel. So they had to get to said destination on one tank of gas, and the mileage was something like crazy, so that they had to do this hypermiling that you're talking about. It was was a great episode. I'm I'm sure those guys are hilarious. And Jeremy, of course, the the buffoon he's just so he's like i don't give two craps about this he was so upset about this challenge that he didn't even try hyper miling he's like i'm using the turbo i'm putting my foot down in the metal i don't care if i get stranded somewhere that's awesome so yeah so there's some there's some tips for me to you well that was lovely i know very interesting stuff so um, if you have like video of you getting honked at by people while you're hypermiling or <laughs> any other efficiency tips or, you know, maybe show ideas, pictures of your cat, whatever. Yeah, hit us up. You know where to find us at Show and Auto. That's S-C-H-O-E-N. Uh, you can find us at our website, www.shownauto.com. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, all those lovely places. Twits. And if you get a moment out of your busy day... Give us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We know your time's important. But ours is too. (laughs) Well, it's true. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.